Good day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Genesis Gems, episode 27. I am one of the hosts, Nick Stevens, and with me is Aaron Hickman. Hey, Aaron, how you doing, man? Hey, pretty good. How about you? I'm doing all right. You know, it's been a while since we recorded, so uh, <laughs> I know. It's like forever. It is. It has been. We've both uh, kind of canceled on each other. <laughs> it's been pretty mutual. Yeah, I know. We were having a kind of a, a tennis match of cancellations. <laughs> like, <laughs> you'd cancel twice, and I'd volley back with two more cancellations. It made me feel a little better, because I felt like yeah, a big slacker. Like, oh. Like, oh, I'm not the only one with kids and a job. and Exactly. <laughs> it's not easy. Real life gets in the way sometimes. I know, I know. And it's it's kind of easy to put this on the back burner. I've been ready for a while. just haven't got the uh, the time to do this. But... And this is an easy game to talk about, yeah, too. Yeah. It's just like one of the best. I mean, I, I'm not going to give it away, but it's one of the easiest games to talk about. We'll just put it that way. Yeah, this is definitely not easy to master, but it's uh, something I've played for a long time. But, yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, episode twenty-seven. You know, we're reaching close to thirty. I'm I'm happy we're getting this far, and we're, you know, we didn't. We only had one one episode in the past month, so we apologize for that. But uh, we're gonna try to get things going a little bit bit better. Um, we'll have a surprise next episode. I won't go into that right now, but uh, we're gonna try to get on a schedule. And uh, I know I say that probably every episode if you go back and listen, but it's, <laughs> <laughs> we're just we're just gonna keep saying we're gonna try to get better. So uh, um, yeah, if any, anyone would like to. Uh, Check us out. Again, you probably may have even heard of, of us on these certain outlets, but we are on Facebook at facebook.com slash Genesis Gems Podcast. Uh, go check out our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash Genesis Gems. Uh, shoot us an email at genesisgemspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Gen Gems. Uh, check us out on iTunes. Please leave us a good review. We are, on also, we are also on Stitcher, and uh, we are also on the Retro Junkies website if you'd like to check out any of the uh, affiliate uh, podcast we're, we're involved with it's the retro the retro junkies.com it's a newly designed website uh, from a few months ago all oh, the po- you yeah thank you <laughs> yeah I, I did do the website we, we yes, finally awesome job. we finally got a nice little dashboard going the uh, the old website was great um it was just we weren't updating it very good and it was very in-depth you know i don't want to don't want to ever take anything away from uh, brian rapallo who actually designed that but it was a very detailed, in-depth website, and we just didn't have a lot of time to take Ask care of it. style sheets are your friend, not to say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I designed a very simple, basic, uh, you know, website from from a pre-made program, and uh, it's yes. it's it's nice and easy. And go there and check out the podcast, videos, articles. Um, you can. And we even have a little screen in the front that shows all of our Facebook stuff. So absolutely, go check that out. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much where you can find us. I do have one little bit of a listener business, as I like to call this. Uh, we had uh, one new review on iTunes. Uh, we want to just say a big thanks to uh, Trevor1223. Send us a five-star review. We appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, and the uh, next one actually is uh, for Alex Burr. Alex is a very involved guy on our uh, uh, sites out here, and uh, he sent in a clip of what he thinks about shinobi the game we're going to be covering today and i'm actually going to be playing that at the end of the episode so after our uh, outro music stay tuned um we're going to give alex a chance to kind of give his opinion you know we, we may open this up for other people later on but um he felt he actually recorded himself and you know i feel like we should honor that and we'll play that at the end of the episode may 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 be able to turn that into something more permanent later we'll we'll talk about that as time goes on but uh just wanted to let you all know. Stay tuned for that because Alex has some cool stuff to say. So, um, yeah, man. Hey, well, let's jump right into the next section of this show, kind of where we talk about our little Sega finds and what we've been playing Sega-related oh, yeah. and stuff. Uh, this is called the Sega Snippets. Test one, two. 
Sega. Now it's time for Sega Snippets. So uh, you said you had some cool stuff you wanted to share here? Yeah, I wanted to share a few things. Uh, so, you know, I think the last time we recorded, I had gone to Chicago, and this time <laughs> we're recording, I just came back from Chicago again. I should just live there. Yeah. But no, I, I'm, I'm a Texas boy, uh, born and raised, even though I don't have the accent. But I was in Chicago last week, and you know what? The day that I had to leave... You know, I left a little, got to leave a little early before I had to go back to the airport. And there were two places I had to hit up. One was Portillo's because they have awesome hot dogs and Italian beef sandwiches. (laughs) So that's the first place. If you're ever in Chicago, go to Portillo's. Uh, What's an Italian beef sandwich? Like what's on? uh, Italian beef. It's, oh man, I can't even describe it, but it's, it's seasoned really well. It sounds delicious. And, (laughs) and And it has, you can get it with hot peppers. And you can ask for it to be dipped in au jus sauce. Ooh. Okay. Uh, so if you're playing a Sega game, this would be the perfect companion just to have like this, <laughs> you know, hoagie with a bunch of meat in it and just, oh man, when they dip it though, it's, it's the best, best thing ever. <laughs> anyway, so maybe there's three places. I didn't get to go to Galloping Ghost Arcade over in Brookfield, Illinois, but I did get to go to... My other favorite place to go to, which is a retro game shop called Video Games Then and Now, run by Sean Kelly, who is one of the founders of the uh, video game museum that's going to be opening up in Frisco, Texas. Cool. Along with uh, Joe Santoli and a fellow uh, by the name of John. Over in California, you know, and they all run these retro game shops. I think one of them is Digital Press, which is what Joe runs. And then Sean actually runs Video Games Then and Now. Um, and I actually met him. I went into the store. I got to talk to him for a little bit. And I you know, picked out a few games. And you know what? I picked out two. It's the hardest thing when I go to a retro game shop because I'm always on a limited budget. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm, I'm always debating with myself can I afford this? Can I get this? And, you know, I, I'd, I'd be like, okay, I'll pick out this one and I'll put this one back. Or, you know, I'll justify this purchase and I'm like, okay, I'll get, you know, one more. You know, I don't, I don't get a lot of games, but I try to make them count. Like, I'm not going to get a bunch of, you know, crappy sports titles. No offense <laughs> to sports games and people who make them, but there's a lot of sports games on the Sega Genesis. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, literally there was uh, a just a whole bunch of sports games there <laughs> but i talked to him and he said yeah it's just like you know the the collectors and the resellers come in and they just buy up all the good stuff yeah but i kind of lucked out you know he, i love that shop because they've got everything from the vectrex the coleco vision uh you know they've got box systems you can buy in a television you can buy a, a box model one sega genesis you can buy some really cool stuff. And so what I picked up was uh, a box copy of Starflight on the Sega Genesis, including the manual. And the most important part is the map, the star map, that shows you all the different little planets you can go to. Yeah, and, and, I, and I, I remember talking about that before because I believe I, I I remember thinking that was Josh Witt's favorite game. Which Yes, he, and, and it's it, one of my favorite yeah, games. Yeah, and I, I think he actually commented on your picture there. So that was... So I was I think I remembered that right when I 
when I spoke about that game <laughs> in the past. <laughs> yeah, I, I absolutely love that game. And, you know, when I was a kid and I played it, I thought it was so complicated. <laughs> and my older brother, Gordon, he said, it's too complicated for you to play. I'm like, okay, I'll go play some action game. <laughs> yeah. And so I didn't come back to it until I think I, I was late in my teens. But, you know, that's when I was into the game Pirates. And it plays a lot like that where, you know, you just go explore and you can pretty much do what you, whatever you want. You can mine planets and you know, pick up different ores and sell them back to your, your home base and just rack up some money, get some more, you know, upgrade your ship, and kind of, it, it's like an open world game where you can just kind of develop the story. You know, you pick up bits and pieces and things, um, and then you can reach an end to the game, but it's, it's a cool game. The other one I got on the Sega Genesis was Buck Rogers, and it's an SSI game. It's one of those gold box games, but this one's actually, you know, one of the few RPGs, I say few because other systems have more RPGs on them than the Sega Genesis. But this is like an early uh, EA release, but it was cool finding it in a store. I've never seen that game in a store, and so, uh, you know, I picked that one up. Haven't gotten a chance to play it yet, but, you know, that, that should be fun to get into. It's kind of a strategy RPG, and then you kind of walk around in a top-down way. Um, the other two games I picked up were on, you know, that, uh, other, you know, that terrible system nobody <laughs> likes that, on the NES. No, just kidding. <laughs> no, I picked up a, a copy of Adventures of Bayou Billy for one ninety nine. Oh Oh, yeah. Wasn't bad of a deal. Uh, and then a copy of Mega Man 3. Now, that was 23 bucks. So that was my big purchase. But That's probably actually a good price, though, right? Cause that... Honestly, yeah, because when I saw, I saw the same game over in San Antonio, I won't mention the retro game shop I went to here the, the other day, but they had it for 50 bucks. Yeah, they... Mega Man's just have gone. I should have picked them up when Ridiculous. I had had a chance, you know, five or six years ago when I started collecting again. Because they, oh, I, yeah, they just keep going up in price every year. It's crazy. And, and you know what I would love to get is a repro copy of Mega Man Wily Wars on oh, the Sega yeah, Genesis yeah. because it's the first three Mega Man games plus an awesome boss rush mode. I think once you beat those, and that only came out over in North America on the Sega Channel. Yeah, and I think it saw a release in Europe, and that was it. So I mean, you know that that would be cool to pick up. So I guess the other thing I wanted to mention that I did get was, I I'm finally legit. I just bought a a Model One Sega Genesis. <laughs> I'd been having to play an emulation and on my collections and stuff, um, but I have a Model One Genesis coming my way, f- courtesy of Nick DeMarco. Oh yeah. We mentioned on the show plenty of times before. Nick's a, a good friend and a friend of the show, and you know he's he's very opinionated, but he's a really good guy. And uh, I I got it from his uh, Nick D's Game Vault shop that you can find on Facebook. And yeah, the way I got it was uh, he had mentioned he was selling a power base converter. Oh yeah, did you get the power? Did you get the power base? I did. Okay. And I said, hey, do you happen to have a Sega Genesis for sale? And you know what? He did. And so he just put it in a bundle deal for me. And so it's, it's perfect. It's perfect for me because, you know, I, I don't have either one right now. So, you know, now with the power base converter, I can play Master System games and I can play Sega Genesis games. And with the, the power base converter only works on the Sega Genesis Model 1. Yeah. And I think, you know, I, I'd hate to be, you know, ha- have the Model 2 or Model 3 Sega Genesis and have a power base <laughs> converter. 
But, you know, it, I, the way I like to put it is, you know, by getting the power base converter, I'm one step closer to the Tower of Power. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because next I'm going to get the 32X, and then I'll get a Game Genie, and, you know, who knows what else, you know. <laughs> and we're just going to stack it up. Yeah, I'm still sporting the Model 2, so I don't... Yeah, I, I was, yeah the Model 2 is good. Uh, I think the... I can't remember if there was any thing better on that i just know that with the son with the model one there were certain games that played on that that didn't play on the model two and the sound quality i've heard is just slightly better yeah and you got that nice headphone jack in the in the front of yeah it. i always loved that that was the only yeah. system and this 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 uh sega genesis model one is just the sleekest looking system oh yeah I like it, it is a very sexy machine yeah 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 but i mean that's those were my my pickups and you know that that's probably the most I've spent on Sega Genesis stuff and Sega related <laughs> stuff in a year. So <laughs> that tells you something. I'm pretty excited. Yeah, I haven't been into too much. I did the only thing I, I really wrote down is that I put about you know five or six dollars into. I went ahead and bought the Shinobi Three uh, 3D sega classic on the oh, 3ds sweet. yeah yeah it, it, i talked about streets of rage on the last episode just being real impressed by the 3d graphics on that so i thought you know since we're covering shinobi i might as well um cause i played a lot of the shinobi 3 on the genesis back in the day and i, I don't have the card anymore i'd hopefully like to get that again but i did yeah, buy- i got it on that collection i don't know why that collection only you know the the, the sonic collection yeah yeah uh, on ps3 for some reason it has shinobi 3 and you can unlock the arcade Shinobi, but there's no Revenge of Shinobi on there for some reason. Huh. That's weird. So, so yeah, this this kind of proved my uh, theory wrong. I really thought some of the faster games wouldn't look as good with the 3D. Because uh, on, on Shinobi 3, you can run, of course. Uh, you can really only walk on the Revenge of Shinobi. But the the scrolling actually kept up pretty well. Uh, I didn't feel like I was going to you know, throw up or get dizzy from the th- from the yeah. 3Ds. They, they, they do it real. It's almost like a real gentle 3D with the backgrounds kind of popping out a little bit, and it's it, they did it really well. I was really impressed by these. I can't wait for the next uh, line of games to come out. I know, like like we mentioned, Sonic Two was coming out, Streets of Rage Two. Really Gunstar can't wait. Gunstar Heroes. Gunstar yeah. Heroes. Yeah. So there's. I really recommend those to anybody who has a 3DS, especially if you have the 3DX or 3DS XL. Uh, I had the old 3DS before I got the XL, and it was kind of hard to see. I, that screen's just a little too small for me. But uh, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, as I get older, you know, eyesight gets worse. But <laughs> we, we were uh, just talking about exactly because I, I, I was looking at our, our notes and just like I can't read the notes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting old. Yeah, but not would, really. But <laughs> <laughs> I would highly recommend any of those games, especially. I know they put a oh was it Fantasy Zone? Is that one of the sh- old shooting? Yes. Ones? Yeah, they yeah. have they have the second. Uh, Fantasy Zones 2 on there, and it looks really good. I really want to get that one. I'll probably get that one next. So, of course, after Afterburner's on there, and uh, I think Outrun was on some other game like was Outrun. Golden Axe on there, or no. uh, Streets of Rage? Yeah, the first Streets of Rage was. was uh, that's the last one I got. I talked about last week. It's really yeah. good. It's really good. Um, but yeah, I can't Golden wait. Golden Axe would be awesome. Oh, yeah, I know. Golden Axe would be great. So, And I haven't... Uh, I wanted to get Sonic, but I was kind of waiting for Sonic 2 to come out, because I yeah, I always kind of preferred Sonic 2. Spo- 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 <laughs> yeah. Spoilers for our Sonic 2 episode one day. but uh, <laughs> One day. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, absolutely. If anyone's interested in the uh, in that, go check those out. Especially if you have the new 3D XL, because uh, that one kind of follows your head as it moves and keeps the 3D in line. I know the old 3Ds, 
if you would uh, kind of look off to the side, your your eyes would get all fuzzy. And I it doesn't even work. I've got a 3ds sitting over here, and I can't even get the 3D to work for me. And and I think it's just my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I I've got I've got a stigmatism in my left eye. Yeah. And so my my vision on my right eye is great, but on my left eye, it's kind of it's not that great. You know, it's correctable, I guess, by lenses a little bit, but I can't see 3D for some reason. Yeah. I could see it like if I go to the movie theater, I I can get the effect, but I can't get the effect on the the 3DS for some reason, no matter what I try. That's weird. Now, see, when I go to the movies, I can't stand 3D. It just it makes me sick. Oh, I'm so glad that they've kind of backed off from that a little bit. Well, they feel like our our theater uh, close to town. Some of the, some of the bigger movies they only show in 3D at like the, uh, at the at the times you want to go like you know six I just seven. Like it, it always makes the movie darker. Yeah, and and my you know my five year old son he wants to go watch the Avengers or something, and the, you can only watch the Avengers during the, the matinee during the day when it's not 3D, or you can go seven or eight o'clock and watch it. And he always takes his glasses off and says he can't see it real well. I'm like, ah, oh. it's blurry. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, he can't. Like he, someone put Vaseline on the screen. Yeah, and I've heard studies where you're really not supposed to expose kids that age to 3d so i've really tried to not even get around that so yeah but yeah there's that for 3d talk <laughs> yes 3d talk you know what <laughs> speaking of 3d talk did you know fun fact Ooh. that sega was trying to market a vr product back yeah. in i think 1993 or 4 so it does tie into sega yeah, because they had a huge market push i think it was at ces before e- e3 was around and there's a video you can watch over on YouTube. It's crazy. There's some guy from MTV just talking up this Sega VR product like it's the next best thing. You know, it's the best thing since sliced bread. <laughs> <laughs> but it never came to fruition. I think Sega was smart uh, to get out of that business at that time because VR technology just was not there. And, you know, 3D technology, uh, they made some poor decisions after that, but that was <laughs> one good decision they made at that time. Yeah, I've heard a lot of podcasts talk about that, um, what you just mentioned, with, especially with uh, Morpheus coming on board and things like that. Uh, they, they mentioned you know, Sega was going to do it and tried it. I actually pulled up a picture here just to, just to look at the <laughs> the prototype. Looks like, <laughs> yeah. It looks like it'd make your head tilt forward a little bit. <laughs> looks... Yeah, you'd probably get a headache. <laughs> just a bit. Yeah. But, you know, it's like that whole thing, like, you want to be in the game. And, yeah. you know, there's things like the activator where it's like, you can do real kung fu moves in front of your TV. <laughs> I don't think we've talked about the activator on this no, show. No, I, I try to try to talk about the good the good times of Sega. The good, the good times of Sega. I know it's like the activator was like the best marketing ploy ever because it was the biggest piece of junk. Yeah, but you saw those commercials and you saw the kid just like go into town. And you're like, oh, this looks great. We'll get one. <laughs> and you try it out. It's like you got to put something on the ceiling. You got this weird octagon on the floor. And, you know, to even hit a button, you have to, like, move your hand diagonally. Or, you know, you had different ranges where you could, you know, move left and right. And it was it was not like, like the Wii is. You know, <laughs> It was motion control, but it really wasn't. Yeah, I I just pulled up a picture of a guy. He's he's using it, and he's uh, it looks like Streets of Rage two is on the TV, and he's in There's, a uh, he's in a flannel hoodie. <laughs> you know, if you want to see something hilarious, you can check out footage of Roger Ebert and uh, and Siskel, uh, Gene Siskel, and they they used to do a video game show 
like a little mini show, like yeah, a, a, a Christmas that. guide or something. And so you could watch the uh, the show, and they reviewed the Activator, and <laughs> you know, bless him, you get to see Roger Ebert when he was a, a big guy. You know, before this is way before he passed away. Yeah. Uh, but you know. You see him trying to do the, both of them trying to do the activator, and it's pretty hilarious. <laughs> oh, I like to get my hands on one just to, just to make some funny videos. Yeah, I have a, a really good friend that uh, had it, and oh man, he he, he told me some stories. It's like I'm so glad I never had that. I think there was there were a few games that actually supported it. You'd go into like the options menu, and you could put it into activator mode. I'm trying to remember the game, the last game I played. You know what? I think it was like a. A Mortal Kombat game or something like that. Mortal Kombat 2 on the 32X. Okay. And you could put it into activator mode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. It's funny because when I was a kid, I never even heard of the activator. I, I, I honestly didn't hear about it till later on. In I life, remember so. seeing the commercial and just like, I want that. Yeah. I'm <laughs> kind of glad I didn't get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've been one of the worst Christmases ever. So. <laughs> All right, man. Hey, let's jump right into this. Uh, game on, Aaron. Game on. Game on! Yeah, game on! Sega! Oh, you gotta love that stuff. So, uh, yeah, Revenge of the Shinobi. Of the Shinobi, right? Not just yeah, Re- Revenge. Oh, isn't it Revenge of Shinobi? Reve- yeah, I always wanted to I say. I think it's Revenge of Shinobi. It is. What, what's funny is, Shinobi isn't... You think Shinobi is the main character, but I don't think... I don't think that's true. I think Shinobi is like the, the way of... You know, it's like the yeah. martial arts or something. Yeah, because the main character's name is Joe Musashi. Joe Musashi, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> always, I, I, and I know it's Revenge of Shinobi. Always, every time I talk about, it, I always say the Shinobi. <laughs> it's something I, <laughs> something I throw in there an accident. All yeah, right. And, and, and as I say it, I'm like, I know I'm wrong, but I'm just going to keep saying it. But uh, yeah, um, yeah. As far as memories go, this game, good grief. I uh, I mentioned before that one of the very first games I ever got for my Genesis. Cause I got the Genesis a little bit later in the in its lifespan. Yeah. Uh, was the six pack. And uh, Revenge of Shinobi was on the six pack, so I I had played it before then. I, I know there was the arcade port, so I, I knew a lot about it. But that's really when I dug into it when I had the six pack. That was honestly the only game I had for about three months, and it was fine. You know, six of some oh, yeah. of the best Genesis games in the world. But yeah, I, I played this game until I was about to throw the controller through the wall because I just did. <laughs> it's one of those games where you feel like you're mastering it, and you just you die when you and you know you shouldn't have jumped here. Or did uh-huh, this, uh, and because there's no time limit, <laughs> yeah. And it's like you really can take your time. Yeah. You just want to rush through. Yep, yep. And with all those continues you can take, it's just like, ah. Oh. But, uh, uh, yeah, so that, that was kind of my, my memory on it. Um, I, I believe the uh, – you know, we'll, we'll get more into the versions of the game later. Right. But I, I believe the six-pack was version 1.03, which kind of took out all the, <laughs> the copyrighted again. The copy- references. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah and so. you know what? My, my first memory of the game was I, I never had the original cartridge – uh, but I, I had the Model 1 Sega CD, yeah, which was amazing because not only did it come with all these you know, music CDs and you know CD plus Gs, <laughs> it came with Soul Deece, which for some reason on the Sega Genesis was called, oh, it's called Soul Feast on the Sega CD and Soul Deece on the Sega Genesis for no reason at all. But it also came with a four-pack, kind of like the six-pack, because Sega did a few of these. And so what you got on it was Golden Axe, Streets of Rage, Columns, and Revenge of Shinobi. And this was my first introduction to uh, Revenge of Shinobi. The rest of them, I think I played in the arcade. 
But Revenge of Shinobi was the only one I can think of that wasn't a home game first. Or okay. that, uh, no, I'm sorry, that wasn't an arcade game first. Okay. You know, Revenge of Shinobi, the game that came before it, the original Shinobi was an arcade game, and I played it in the arcade, but I never played Revenge of Shinobi, so that was the completely new experience to me. So I played it on Sega CD when I was, I want to say about, oh, I had to have been about six or seven. That's <laughs> the first time I really <laughs> played it. And I just remember thinking, you know, every every experience I had on the Sega CD, you know, you had a lot of times you'd have like the streaming music, right? Or you had the Red Book audio. Yeah. Sometimes you'd have like the Sega Genesis music, like they'd still use the Sega channels or the, you know what I mean, like the Sega audio yeah. from the actual Genesis. Well, when I played Revenge of Shinobi and Streets of Rage, I was like, wow, this doesn't sound like regular Sega Genesis music. This sounds <laughs> better than just about everything else I'd heard. You know, like uh, Golden Axe was really good. Uh, but, you know, I played some other games that just weren't quite like that. And, I, and for some reason, I thought that the music was coming off a CD. I don't know why. And like, I, you know, I listen to it now. It's different. But it's just, it's Yuzo Koshiro. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> all the way. <laughs> That's all you got to That say. guy is like is synonymous <laughs> with Sega. He's composed for other systems. But, you know, t- to me, to you, uh He's a Streets of Rage guy. He's the Shinobi guy. <laughs> Shin, Shinmu, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, when, and, and I love, I always point this out when, when he's on games, because like, it'll pop up on the screen, and it'll be like, it'll show the game title the year it was put out. It just says... The same music. <laughs> exactly. It's by like, Yuzo Koshiro. And, and you know, like especially back then, they must have really took pride in having him having him do that. But. I know. How awesome is it you know, to be... How many credit people are credited on the game, and then you're the musician who usually never gets any credit. Yeah, yeah. And he's right there on the front. That's how you know it's quality. Exactly. And it's funny because I'm, I'm a huge Shinmu fan. If I had a podcast to talk about that, I would. But um, as I was playing that game, I didn't really realize who did the, the sound and the music. And I was such a big fan of just the environment that was built into that game. Um, besides the voice acting, we won't get into that. But uh, <laughs> I'm looking for sailors. But uh, it, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, just, it was just so perfect. And when I actually went and looked that up, I was like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> so, and, and, I, and I know he, he even did... Uh, didn't he do Act Razor two for Super? Uh, he did Act Razor. Act okay, okay. I know he worked. Uh, on... I think he did Act Razor two also. He okay. did both of those games, and he was very versatile in that he could do the. And he also did Super Adventure Island. Yes. You know, he was so versatile that he could do these dance poppy. You know, all all sorts of different dance styles of music and in. Uh, electronic type stuff and then he could go over to the Super Nintendo and do like this orchestral score and you know just this total range to the guy that you don't find in a lot of composers yeah and you know we'll definitely be talking about this in my uh, other podcast Metroidvania Mayhem but he did the music for Castlevania Portrait of Ruin um, which is just that's great music anyway a lot of the Castlevania games were great but that one in particular is fantastic so when you have him and Koji Igarashi working on one game you know I'll be gushing about that game when we talk about it on the Metroidvania Mayhem but yeah he, he even w- went into the handheld market with Nintendo so definitely and some. he had done um, music on you know the Sonic games on, yeah. the, on the Game Gear Master System you know he, he'd done some of that music and he, He'd done music on uh, the Ease series, you know, RPG games. So the guy's done so much good music. Yeah. Seek him out. 
you know, I'm I'm sure I've gushed about him on this podcast <laughs> enough. Not, I have already too. <laughs> but uh, he he pops up. He's just one of those composers like him and Tim Fallon. You yeah, know, yeah. those guys where they're just so prolific and they put out so much good music that you just can't help but talk about them whenever game music is is mentioned. Yeah. Or Koji Kondo. You know, just those type of guys. Uh, but but yeah, I mean. I know I got off track from from my <laughs> memories of the game, but it was all just to say that the music sticks to me from my childhood. Like I remember all the melodies of the game ever since I was a little kid. Oh, yeah. So it's that memorable yeah. that even after the images of the game fade away, I still remember the music and like the that thunder that comes oh, yeah. in <laughs> and just like that loud noise and just the sound design of this game, just how everything had like a you know, and a wing, and you yeah, know, just yeah. these cool sound effects. Yeah, and and a lot of the stuff carries over because, like, after you beat a level, when you hear the the points counting down, and, and if you get like an extra life or something, it's the same same sound effect you would hear in Streets of Rage. Um, yeah. After that, and then also, if you go play uh, Beyond Oasis, your guy gets hit. He kind of yeah, makes he did the that same soundtrack gr- too. Yeah, and he, he didn't he like make that game too. But we covered that in another podcast. But that yes, when when you get hit in that game, it makes the same sound as the guys from Street to Rage when they get hit. So it was really neat to see how he carried over little bits and pieces. Okay. I just I just kind of so, wonder wonder if he did that on purpose just to kind of say, hey, it's me. <laughs> it's me. Yeah. You know, he has a signature sound. Yeah. So what's hilarious to me is uh, my, my absolute favorite sound effect in this game is when you use your ninjutsu, which we'll talk about. But he's like, yeah! you know? <laughs> just like that really guttural sound. And you don't expect it because you're going through the game and you don't hear any of like these voice samples. And then suddenly you hear this when he uses it. And it's just crazy. It's yeah, great. Yeah. But then I think you hear one when you get a game over too. Don't you hear like a... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like a, like a real cheesy laugh. <laughs> yeah, not like that, not quite like that Ganon laugh in Zelda Two, but <laughs> a little different. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh, we'll we'll probably talk more about him as time goes on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So, uh, as far as just a real quick uh, overview of the info of the game, uh, this was published and developed by Sega and Sega Soft Seven. Uh, it was released in December second, nineteen eighty nine. So it was it was one of the very first releases. It wasn't part of the launch uh, release in North America, but it was some of the one of the first games that really you know came out through the years. Uh, of course, we said the composer was Yuzo Kashira. Um, there are five different versions of this game. We can talk a little bit about that too. With, <laughs> yeah. With, with, the, with the copyright issues, with you know, Spider Man, Rambo. Uh, How did uh, Gojira or Godzilla make it through? Yeah, Godzilla and Batman. I mean, it was just crazy. So yeah, there's and Arnold Schwarzenegger was in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was a crazy boss fight, anyways. But uh, yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, we'll get more into that later. And um, the average price of this right now. Um, goes um, it's, it's a pretty common game I, I guess it's more you really don't know what you're buying especially if you're on the internet you really can't tell what the version is unless you let i don't know i don't know if the label says anything or not but unless you kind of pop the game in and look i know the version i got because um, i have the six pack and i have i went ahead and bought a loose cart too um it right. actually it actually pops up and has a uh, copyright for marvel uh, with spider-man on there so that's a yes that's, you know what the sega cd version has that okay okay I but think uh, so. I think it does. Yeah. But but overall, as an average, um, 
usually pay, I think it's $7 for a cart, and it looks about $18 uh, for a complete in-box. So I think I spent about $6 for the cart I got. It's The label's not in the best shape, but I had it on the six-pack, but I really wanted to get another version of it just for this podcast. So I went ahead and got one, and, uh, and like I said, it has that the uh, Marvel copyright on it. So. And what's funny is you think that, that maybe Sega didn't have enough money to pay for all his licenses because... They got Marvel's license, but they didn't get DC's. So what do they do? They just changed Batman to be an actual Batman. <laughs> exactly. It's hilarious. And could you imagine if someone tried pulled a stunt like that today? Because like you, you look at games like Grand Theft Auto. I think Lindsay Lohan was trying to sue them for her likeness, and then uh, The Last of Us, Ellen Page was trying to sue them for her oh, likeness. Yeah, so it's, it's just like El- I think they originally tried to get Ellen yeah, Page in that yeah. game, and they couldn't. But it just ama- so, it amazes me how. If you would have released this game the way it was then, now, they would all be in jail. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Everyone would lawyer up and sue, sue your yeah. pants off. It's just amazing how that kind of slipped through for a while. And then um, it was just it was kind of a neat little thing. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of look like an idiot out there on our Facebook page because uh, uh, Blake Worrell, who's an, an amazing Sega fan, real big supporter of this show, um, I put it out there, and he says, "What's version?" For some odd reason, I thought he meant like, "What number of the game are you playing?" You know, version. You know, part three. Of this, yeah. and I just put a picture of the uh, of the cover art. He's like, "Oh no 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 no!" <laughs> it's actually. And I was like, "Oh dude, I'm sorry." <laughs> and, and oh, I I just thought of this for some reason. What What's hilarious is, I think this is a very Japanese thing to do. Like over in Japan, especially around this time. There, there weren't so many copyright issues, you know. Borrowing someone else's property and putting it in your game, it wasn't as big of an issue over there. Yeah. Like, they could steal stuff from pop culture and borrow like that. Because I think of other games that did that. You think of, like, uh, the original Contra, where you're literally fighting, you know, and it's pretty much like you're Arnold Schwarzenegger and <laughs> Sylvester Stallone. Yep. And you're fighting the alien from Alien, you know. <laughs> And it, it's just hilarious. And it even kept going because you play a game like um, Fire Pro Wrestling or WCW oh, versus yeah. the World. Yeah. Uh, you know, something like that where, well, like Fire Pro, they have all of these wrestling leagues. Well, obviously, they, they've only got the money to pay for a license for like four of the leagues or something like that. Yeah. All the Japanese leagues. And then you get to the American leagues and <laughs> they don't have a license for anybody. So what they do is they change their name. Yep. So Hulk Hogan becomes Axe Duggan. <laughs> and it's real funny about, you know, about, and about Fire Pro, like back when it came out for Super Nintendo and some yeah. a little bit later, they look just like the wrestlers. But uh, I, I love the ones that are on Game Boy Advance. There's just Fire Pro love Wrestling. That. Yeah, I just and, love that. <laughs> yeah, and they actually change. You can you can tell who they are, but they change the colors and... They have like right. the same... You like, have to edit it. Yeah. Like, like Stone Cold Steve Austin. He's bald, but he has on like uh, white... Um, you know, like the uh, whatever they call it, look like underpants, the wrestling attire, oh, tights. And, uh, yeah, tights <laughs> instead of the black ones. And same thing with like Bill Goldberg, he's wearing blue, and they have all these crazy names. But back, back, I know, back for the Super Nintendo, I think it was, was it Fire Pro Wrestling X, Fire Pro Wrestling, and then Fire Pro Wrestling X, pre- yeah. yeah, Premium X, and Lady Special or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, I, I remember picking, and, but I played the X Premium because. There was a fan translation out there for exactly. it. Exactly. It, it translates it to English. And so, like, I think they even changed the names. Because, like, I remember picking Vader, which I loved Vader as a kid. Um, and he looks just like Big Van Vader, you know, with the, the, the singlet with the red and the black and that crazy-looking mask. So, oh, yeah. I mean, it was perfect. But it's just kind of funny how... <laughs> yeah, I love 
fire pro wrestling is fantastic. So. I know. It's like, you know, and what's funny is I always like to relate things back to Sega, even when I go off on a tangent. <laughs> <laughs> I do. So did you know there's a fire pro wrestling game on the Sega Genesis? Yes. Yes. Uh, on the Mega Drive, actually. It's called Fire Pro Gaiden. Gaiden, yeah. It's, it's kinda, I've never played it. It's kind of got the... Uh... I'm, I'm not a real big fan of the graphics. It's kind of before they really yeah. dug into and get, getting these good graphics. But uh, if was... you were to compare the the graphics of that game to Revenge of Shinobi, like you could tell that Sega had the budget to, even though Revenge of Shinobi's early in the Se- in Sega's lifespan, Sega Genesis, Mega Drive, whatever, you can tell they put detail and they put time and effort into making this game. It wasn't just made in six months. Or you know, uh, they really worked on this on on that game. So you, you try to compare those two, and it's yeah. like graphics. Or you see some games where they're uh, they're ports, and you know, like they're released by EA, and you can just tell that they really didn't put that much effort into the graphics. Yeah. So it's all to come back and say, Revenge of Shinobi is a great looking game there you go <laughs> it's a roundabout point there you go <laughs> well and and one more thing about fire pro something i like yes. about it going forward they started incorporating uh i think they called it like the hardcore rules and it ended up being they started doing the same thing with ufc and mma fighters oh yeah I, I, you know what fire pro was actually the first game i think it was the sega saturn version that introduced mma fighting yeah and into an actual video game and it's really neat because once you go by those rules only like i mean it really feels it's not the exact same as the mma match but it doesn't let you throw people against ropes you can't i mean it, it's really neat they actually go inside of a cage at some some of the it's later so releases in depth. yeah it's so in depth and people like at first glance they'll they'll see these the series of games and, and they're just like what is going yeah, on yeah. you know but once you get the hang of those games, it's my favorite wrestling series. Absolutely, and it, like the one on PS2 is fantastic. And it's it, it's sad that it was the last one, but it's a great finish. Yeah, yeah. They they released one for Xbox Live and like using your own avatars. It's really bad. Oh, I didn't even know about <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Probably a good reason. Yeah, I mean, it's it kind of has the same formula with the the timing system with the grapple, but. Good grief, we just went off on a avoid. <laughs> we, need to, we need to do a Fire A game Pro. you shouldn't avoid yeah. is Revenge of Shinobi. There you go. The, have you guys ever talked about Fire Pro and Retro Obscura? I'd love to come on for that. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you know what? We're wanting to cover more Dreamcast games, oh, and I... I need to get my hands on that. I owned Fire Pro. I actually bought an import copy of Fire Pro Wrestling D oh. on, on my Dreamcast, and I had, like, the... The import disc loader and everything oh, just man. to play that game and i and i printed out a translation guide <laughs> and I play it with my buddy and yeah it was the best oh. and you know dreamcast has a four controller slots you can just play it four player and it's all a great time oh wow okay Let's uh, let's move on before we let's move on before we keep talking. This is the Fire Pro episode. I'm, I'm just glad I'm not the only one in the world that loves Fire Pro. <laughs> no, you've got a fellow Very Fire good. Pro fan. Good deal. All right. So, um, hey, as far as the story goes, I'm going to do something a little bit different this time. I found a copy of the manual online, and I wanted to re- I wanted to read this because I, I love it. I, I saw the storyline uh, on Wikipedia. It was kind of short and kind of narrow, so I I kind of did kind of pulled a two dudes in an S. Uh, uh, page here from their <laughs> instruction manual so <laughs> here we go <laughs> yes the revenge of shinobi in the impenetrable 
<laughs> game let's talk here in, in the impenetrable mountain hideaways of japan exist mystic warriors the ninja these masters of battle possess seemingly impossible powers in combat they leap to dazzling heights when hit they remain unhurt they can summon fire from the sky to torch the enemy you studied ninja ways since you were small in the dojo you began as the weakest one and anyone could overcome you but every day you practiced and meditated at last you mastered the skills of leaping somersaulting and throwing the deadly shuriken Finally, one day, when the sensei, your teacher, revealed to you the secrets of shinobi, the art of stealth, and at last he taught you ninjutsu, the ninja magic. You are Musashi, the master ninja. Your hands and feet are lethal, and your grasp, every ninja weapon is an instrument of death. Now an evil, powerful enemy in the Neo Zed has sent out its own ninjas, soldiers, spies, and villains to take over the world. As a warning to you, they assassinated your sensei and kidnapped the b beautiful Nahoko. You swear to annihilate the Neo-Z. You stalk them around the world, destroying them wherever they exist. You never sleep, you never stop, and you don't give up. Until this vicious enemy is destroyed, your world will not your, your world won't be safe. So there you go. <laughs> That's pretty serious. Man. I like it. I like it. And Which you know yeah, go ahead. Well, and and kind of get into the the game a little bit. Neo Z, are these guys like robots? Because every one you hit explodes. I just... Oh, I know. <laughs> well, you know what? I think in the original Shinobi, it was just called Zed. Okay. And that was your main enemy. And everything in that in that original game was one hit death. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I and I can't. You know what? I have Shinobi on that PS3 collection, the arcade one. I can't remember if enemies explode like they do in this one. Yeah, I have that on Xbox, and I can't. I, I played the junk out of that game, but I can't remember either. I have to boot it back yeah, up. Yeah, that's and see. The, the one thing I, I can say for that game that it has over this one are those awesome bonus stages. Yes, yes, that's true. <laughs> Where it's like the ninjas, if you miss one, the ninja flies towards you, towards the screen, <laughs> and throws a shuriken right at your face. That's right. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I, I dig the story. It's real simple. It's basically, you know, this game. So they killed your sensei and sensei and kidnapped your girlfriend. What are you gonna do about it? <laughs> <laughs> my, my favorite part of the instruction book it, uh, in in italics it says dojo and then it has parentheses school like you didn't know what that meant. And then it also does the same thing for sensei. <laughs> it puts sensei in italics and then it says your teacher. <laughs> it's like and just, you know what? Just now in case you're too American. <laughs> yeah, now it's all second nature. Yeah, you know we've been ingrained with all all of the. And probably oversaturated with ninja, yeah, <laughs> ninjas and pirates and zombies, you know <laughs> these familiar tropes. But I would say this one, you know, even though it plays on those familiar tropes of of what ninjas are, you know, just jumping and flying around and being stealthy, yeah, uh, it's just it, the game comes together so well. Absolutely. The Genesis Gems High Score Challenge. So, um, hey, with that, um, we uh, posted a little bit of a uh, high score challenge, and uh, I believe you had a giveaway for this. Is that right? I did, and the giveaway, unfortunately, is not Revenge of Shinobi. <laughs> um, but I don't know if you're playing the game, you probably wouldn't want another copy of the game. So, the giveaway is actually Virtual Racing. Um, so if you have the highest score, you will win a copy of Virtual Racing in its box with an instruction manual and I think a flyer for Sega. So nice. and that and that winner was actually our buddy Blake Worrell. He uh, he he posted a score first and then he thought, 
Oh gosh, am I not allowed to cheat? Because I think he, he used the uh, unlimited shuriken cheat. So he oh, went. He, yeah. He went back and he still scored. Uh, it looks like one million four hundred eleven thousand points. And we didn't points. pick a. We didn't pick a difficulty, did we? No, no. But do you get more points with the higher difficulty? I didn't even check that. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I don't, I don't remember. E- but e- either still, way, I think he. he yeah. Kick butt. So. It, it wasn't anywhere close to anybody else. So, I'm not, not trying to downplay anybody else. We we appreciate all Spoilers, that. Spoilers. So. I didn't beat the game this time. So. <laughs> I beat it with uh, safe states. So there you go. <laughs> I, uh, I almost went that route, but I didn't. Yeah. I. <laughs> I, I, I got to the, about the fifth or sixth level on my actual Genesis cart, and just for the sake of the podcast, I wanted to play through it. So I, I have yeah. a uh, I got an emulator on my PSP and I played it on there. <laughs> yeah, I've got the game sitting on my 3DS. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, hey, congratulations, Blake. Um, send us your address. Uh, you'll have to ship that out, Aaron. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. But, uh, I, I agreed to it. I said, hey, I'm going to give away this copy. I will gladly. Yeah. Ship it out to Blake. We just need your address. Just PM that to one of us, and we will take care of it. Yeah. Or I, I guess he could email it to what our Genesis Gems email. Yeah, yeah, Genesis Gems Podcast at Gmail dot com. So uh, appreciate it, Blake. I know he's listening. He's been a faithful listener for a long time. I, I like Blake because he'll he'll correct us, but in a nice way, and I, I appreciate that. Because <laughs> gosh, I, I don't I don't know about you. I'll listen to a podcast and be like, oh, these guys, I know that answer and that answer, and, and they got oh, yeah. they got that wrong. I don't but, know that. Oh. But, but, but man, once I get on a podcast, <laughs> it's a whole other story. <laughs> right. I'll go back and listen. It's like, ooh, that wasn't right. Shouldn't have said that. <laughs> oh, I know. I'll have to come, like you know. I'll come back in the next episode and be like, everything I said in that last show was wrong. <laughs> Is that why I was a couple of your Mario retro? was never on the Sega Genesis. <laughs> That's why some episodes go missing, right? <laughs> <laughs> right? The lost episode. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll just jump right into the gameplay here. Um, I kind of didn't agree with how they classified the genre on Wikipedia. They, they called it a platforming hack and slash. I think this game is way different than a hack and slash. I think it. Yeah, a hack and slash only comes into play if you choose to have zero shurikens. Exactly. Or if you walk up to an enemy and you're really close and you want to just stab him or yeah. kick him. Yeah, and I kind of feel like I need to title this section of the podcast How Nick Disagrees with the Genre of Wikipedia because I, <laughs> I always disagree with it. <laughs> oh, I know. And it's because it's, it's made by a community. Exactly. And then it's basically. Someone writes it, and you know whoever everyone agrees with, ultimately th- that's what shows up on Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah. and it could be completely wrong. And no but one... if someone you know doesn't say anything or says, "Oh, I don't agree with that," or enough people you know vote for it, then it's just going to stay there. Yeah, and and I have you know nothing against Wikipedia. I think it's one of the reasons I. Got my knowledge became a little bit better than it used to be with retro gaming because you just click one thing, you go to the next. It's amazing. We used to oh, yeah. The, we used to do this little thing where we'd write down what we went to Wikipedia for, and then at the very end, whatever page we want, we'd write it down, try to figure out how in the world did I get from Revenge of the Shinobi to WrestleMania 10. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do like a track back like yeah. 10 pages later. Yeah, so it's just kind of, it's like that, whatever that degrees of separation is. Oh, <laughs> so six degrees of yeah, separation. Yeah. Yeah, it bacon. That's what it is. So, yeah, but yeah, I I don't have anything against it. I just I, I like using it as just kind of a base for the podcast. I, I'm I'm not one of those guys that wants to read from it every point. So yeah, and and you know, it, and I try not to rely. And I'm just like you, probably. I try not to rely heavily on Wikipedia. That's why 
we try to look at different sources. Like you look at the instruction manual, we'll look at Moby games. Yeah. We'll draw from our own memories of the game. And of course, you know, we might get things wrong every now and then, but that's why we rely on you, the listener, yes, <laughs> to catch any mistakes. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. So, uh, hey, as far as controls go, I wrote down this note. It's the exact same thing as Streets of Rage if you ever played it. <laughs> you're, uh, Fantastic. You're, yeah. Uh, of course, your directional buttons make you go left and right. And, dodge and everything else and then your your a button is your special attack so if you think back on streets of rage uh one when you call the cop car in that's kind of like the special attack uh when you do your ninjutsu powers uh b is your regular attack just like in you know you throw in your shurikens or doing your hack and slash when you're <laughs> close to an enemy uh streets of rage that's your your primary uh, attack and then your c buttons your jump uh, with this kind of special jump you have to do at a very very certain time of the jump you hit it again it turns into the flip, and then you can throw your shurikens in like yes. a, kind of like a spread motion. So, yes, it's the best. Yeah, double jumping every game should have it. Exactly. So it, it's it's a little tricky. It, it's funny because yeah. when I was when I was playing Shinobi Three on 3DS, I thought you know, surely they didn't keep this mechanic in there. They did. It, it's kind of part of the yeah. game though. Like at first, I hated it. I remember hating that when I was a kid. But once you master it, yeah, it's pretty. It's it's nowhere near as hard as trying to do like a wall jump in super metroid oh gosh or in strider for the nes like that stuff is annoying yeah this one you kind of it's got a rhythm to it you get to the right height of your jump because if you jump too high he can't do the flip yeah and you get to do it right before he gets to the height of his jump yeah and as i was playing shinobi 3 it just kind of became part of the charm of the game oh yeah i gotta do this again (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know what and did you ever play shinobi legions on sega saturn no i didn't i I did yeah for some reason my dad owned it he had (laughs) sega saturn that was one of the games he had i remember playing it but i don't remember it being nearly as good as these games and the other one i had too was shadow dancer yes yes shadow dancer is cool but that game was almost like oh let's take the shinobi formula and make kind of more of a sequel to that yeah shadow dancer definitely felt like more of a sequel to uh the original shinobi like a straight up you know continuation of the one hit kills you know and the whole you hold up and you jump and you'll jump on top of a platform yeah like you'll jump higher i kind of missed that in revenge of shinobi but i kind of understand they're trying to go for more of a I don't know if you'd call it like a Mega Man style, but it's more methodical than yeah. the original Shinobi was. The original Shinobi was like, we're going to go left to right. You're going to, you know, you're still going to dodge enemies, shurikens and bullets and stuff. But it, it, this one, there's no time limit and you're walking, I think, at a little slower pace. Yeah, it wasn't. The one that came out in Genesis, wasn't it called The Secret of Shinobi? Shadow Dancer, The Secret of Shinobi? I think it was The Secret of Shinobi, yeah. but I remember seeing it not knowing that it was a Shinobi game. Yeah, well, yeah, and, and the, the cover of it doesn't really make you think it is. Like, whenever that someone... dog is awesome. Oh, yeah, the dog is Love cool. Love that dog. But about, I'll be honest, for a long time when people talk Shadow Dancer, for some odd reason, I just thought they were talking about the Michael Jackson Moonwalker game. I don't know why. <laughs> I know. It, it kind of gave off a feminine vibe. Like, yeah. oh, is this about, like... The the girl from Eternal Champions, the one who's an expert or <laughs> that's, something. That's true. <laughs> that's who I think of for some reason. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, 
that was kind of a neat little <laughs> sidetrack there. <laughs> I love it. Um, so yeah, in, in, in this game, we talked about a little bit how it plays. Uh, yeah, as you're going through the the levels, you're, you're busting busting up baddies and you're hitting the uh, crazy. Yeah, it starts out like a traditional setting, right? Level one's kind of like we're going through like traditional Japan. Like you really don't know what time period this game is set in by the first level. No, uh, yeah, that's true. you. You seriously think that the whole game could be set in like the 16th century? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so like you're you're just kind of going through getting power ups. Um, I need to pick up more shurikens, um, and that's the thing. Trying you trying to avoid explosions. <laughs> you're trying to avoid explosions, and you have to be pretty conservative with those shurikens. You can't just go through that level doing the double jump and shooting all the spreads because it you takes more. Oh, it'd be great. That, that's why that cheat of having unlimited shurikens is that's amazing. That's just fun to do. Yeah, yeah. And it's also interesting to try and play the game with zero shurikens. Oh gosh, yeah. I, I hate when you're at a boss and that happens, but <laughs> but there's certain yeah. It, the first boss of the game, I don't know how you can beat him without <laughs> shurikens and some sort of, uh, you know, it took me a while. I used to be able to just, I, I'd beat the boss by using one of the ninjutsus. And then I figured out that you, you know, he's got that blade that kind of swings down. If you kind of do a fake jump towards him yeah, and, and then, then back yep. away, this game is so meticulous about the different range of your jump your yeah. vertical leap depending on how hard you hit that c button will determine how high you jump and it's very precise yeah and, I'll, and so I'll... you have to just lightly tap that c button jump away and then fire that shuriken off at him yeah and I, I like the way you explain that because i, I kind of came about the same conclusion because when you're kind of jumping away you must have to throw that shuriken in right at the right time too before you hit the ground. That before he pulls the sword back up. My butt the first yeah, time I yeah. played it again, and he backed me up against that wall, and then I try to do a double jump, you know, to get back over. And if you do a double jump off of that platform, he hits you every yeah, time. Yeah, so just... you have to jump out of the way. Or if you're able to land every, you know, if you land a hit on him, he actually backs up. And, and I, I like that about bosses. It reminds me of games like Mega Man and Contra where you really and have Ninja to... Ninja Gaiden. Yeah, you have to understand. Well, this one's a little smarter than Ninja Gaiden, I would say. Yeah, I think so. I, I didn't have as much... I have actually beaten Ninja Gaiden without any cheats. So, uh, to me, I've that's... Got, yeah, I've beaten the game, but it took forever. Yeah, it, of course, you get unlimited continues on Ninja Gaiden, but uh, <laughs> it, it took me all evening one time. But Right. But, uh, yeah, I, I definitely kind of... I, I definitely like the boss battles in this one. That, that first one... Like you said, I I would use the the power up and then just hope to get lucky for a while until I figured out. Oh well, I can just kind of trick this guy <laughs> with jumping at yeah, him. Could, and the whole thing is just brute force in this game, right? Yeah. With your ninjutsu powers, if you if you save them up, it's like I'm just gonna waste them on the boss. <laughs> but right. sometimes uh, I don't know if you want to talk about ninjutsu powers later or if I can no, just it's perfect. Talk perfect, about it now. Perfect time. Okay, so we've got four ninjutsu powers, right? So the first one is. Jitsu of uh, Ikazuchi. I'm so glad which you're. Is, I'm so glad you're going to pronounce this. Oh, I've got it pulled up right here. <laughs> and this first one is kind of like the invulnerability spell. And so he goes, Wah! and the lightning comes out, strikes him, and unlike anything in real life, he doesn't fall over and die. He <laughs> the the lightning bolt kind of creates an arc around his body and. 
he can just walk through enemies. Yeah, which and I think that, that, for bosses. Yeah, I think that's my favorite one. I think it's the second it's boss. The second favorite one. I also really love the the flame pillars. Yeah, yeah, but like the, the thunder. I believe that was for me the best strategy for the second boss. That kind of yes, it went invisible in certain areas, and you would just kinda, yeah, you're like in a disco club. Exactly. So like I would, you just have to wait for him to appear, and I would throw the crazy shirk and spread. You know, hope I didn't run out. So yeah, that's definitely that's where I use that the most. Oh yeah, for sure, and and so that one, uh, that's the Ikazuchi, <laughs> and it's like yellow electricity, and uh, it, it disappears after I think, what, uh, I don't know, it it disappears after a period of time, it's not forever, of course. Then there's the Jitsu of Kiryu, and uh. This one, it's like long pillars of fire. They're, they're fire dragons. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's probably the coolest looking effect in the game. Yeah, I'll probably use that the most against bosses if I'm just going Yeah, it's in. great because it's just a, an, an attack on everything. If you ever play an MMO, it just <laughs> wipes out the whole screen. Uh, or the attack on environment, whatever it is. Uh, so that one's another great one in a pinch. I wouldn't... These spells, there's only one of them that I would really use during normal platforming sections of the game. Uh, well, maybe two. Like, there was one section that freaking army level <laughs> where it's like things really just got serious. Yeah. Like, wow, that escalated quickly. We went from fighting guys with shurikens and, you know, jump kicking women to uh, <laughs> guys with, you know, blow torches and machine guns and that, that was the one where you had to jump over the fence that got real confusing oh, real fast yeah that got so frustrating it was like super castlevania 4 yeah but more frustrating <laughs> uh so the third uh, jitsu power is uh the jitsu of fusion we'll just call it fusion and this one is great because who doesn't want to be able to jump higher and it, you, you kind of make a funny sound effect, like a bloop, bloop, bloop. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it, but it's almost like a bubble. It's almost like he's got like a bubble power, and he he jumps a little <laughs> higher, and then he can, when he does his double jump, it goes mostly up the screen. So it's perfect, especially on level two. I you know I got to the point where I was good enough to where I wouldn't die once that log comes down the waterfall oh, and you have yeah. to do the double jump to get on it and then do another double jump. That's, That's a pain. where you really have to master the double jump where this game stops you dead in your tracks. Yeah. And then by the end of the level, you know where you've got the vertical logs falling down, you're just like how am I going to do this? <laughs> that that power comes in handy. Now the last power, I really don't know why you would want to use this one. I thought this was kind of like Sega's screw you to its fans. It's like what? I just lost a life. Why would I like it kind of goes in line with with the the ninja code though. You know, which is like uh, you know, sometimes they would do a lot of self-sacrificing. Kamikaze type thing. <laughs> exactly. Uh and this is Jitsu of Maijin, M-I-J-I-N. And it's very devastating to, you know, it's it can kick enemies' butts, but it's basically Musashi going, all right, I'm going to end it right here, and he explodes <laughs> into a bunch of pieces. How does that help anything? Does it, and see, I, I've only used it once, I can't remember. Does it kill everything on screen, or does it just damage everything on screen? Uh, I think it kills everything on screen except for bosses. Okay, okay. Um, 
So I was just reading, let's see, afterwards you'll always get a full bar of health and one use of magic, but the downfall is that you lose a life. Yeah. So I think you still get to stay on the screen. It's like you resurrect, but you lose a life. Yeah, and the only time I, I, I could think that would be useful is if you had maybe like one bar of health, health really life. Good at this game. Yeah. Yeah, and one bar of health left, and you, you, you just were later knew. on in the game where it gets ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. So those are the four magic powers that you can use as Mr. Musashi. And what well, you said you like the lightning power the best. All of them kind of come in handy, except for that last one, which <laughs> I really never use. Yeah. Because I never have that many lives. I'm always down to my last life, and I'm on a boss. I'm just like, oh, what's going to happen? Yeah. And, and, the, and not that this is bad or anything, but just kind of the limitation of the three-button Sega controller. You have to hit start right. and then go into kind of like a little sub-menu to select which one. I'm glad they one. changed that Shinobi 3, because, yeah, it is kind of funky but yeah. i guess it's kind of like mega man where yeah, you choose true. powers yep but it would be cool if you could just cycle through uh you know with an extra button and then just you know hit hit a button and, and you're done but you know whatever it's <laughs> <laughs> very true or or just be like uh what's a good example why not make it like Ninja Gaiden, where you just hold up and hit the attack button, and there you go. Yeah, like Castlevania type. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. But you know, it's like it's, a, it's the whole thing. Once you moved from eight bit to sixteen bit, where it was like we have to use every button on the controller. Yeah. <laughs> Especially with like the Super Nintendo oh, and gosh. early games and Sega Genesis games too, where it's like, oh, we have a third button, or oh, we have six, eight buttons. You know, every button will be used. You know. <laughs> I I wasn't. You notice that mentality that went into those games. Oh, yeah. I know. Well, and and with Super Nintendo, I I always forgot about the shoulder buttons. So like when I was playing like F Zero or uh, Mario. Oh yeah, where it was kind of like it would swing you out a bit. Yeah, and you I knew about it in Star Fox though, because you do a barrel roll. Yeah, well, that, you know that's kind of when you started really using that. But in those early games, I always forgot about. Them. I'm like, oh yeah, there's two buttons up here. And when I I remember it's a playing little jump button in, in uh, Mario Kart. <laughs> And this is always the argument I'll have for for like liking Street Fighter on Genesis more than I do Super Nintendo, yeah. Because I don't like using those shoulder buttons playing a fighting game. Uh, if you get the six button Genesis controller for Street Fighter, it's great. It, but it, if you it, don't, oh yeah, it's miserable. <laughs> I got, played it over at John Wedgeworth's house when I was oh, in no. Iowa, and uh, you know he's the guy who does Nerd Noise Radio, and. Uh, yeah, I was playing it with the three button and the start button. Oh. That is the weirdest experience ever because you're sitting there, you do, you know, a, a fireball, and then if you want to switch to doing a hurricane kick, it's like, oh, I better hit the, the start <laughs> button real quick. You still exactly. have enough buttons on the controller. Oh, it's miserable. So, <laughs> yeah, if you're going to play a fighting game on Genesis, you have to have a six button controller. <laughs> yes, or an activator. No, yeah, I'm an activator. Kidding. No, no, please don't. <laughs> Oh, I need to get one now. I'm going to play every game we do cover with an activator. <laughs> no, and then you're going to film it, and you're going to become YouTube Oh, famous. yes, because of how mad I get. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, yeah, we, we you know, we, we mentioned a little bit of the gameplay and uh, power-ups. As far as I the bosses. mentioned some of the bosses, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I was, was going to go to next. The bosses on this game I love. There's such variety. Um, and like we mentioned before, kind of, kind of put in perspective you think about a, a Mega Man or, or Ninja Gaiden with these different kind of 
strategies of going to the bosses. And, and like Aaron said, I loved what you mentioned about the jumping, just being so particular about it. Um, I, I really, I really enjoyed. <laughs> I don't want to say I enjoy getting killed by the bosses, but I love going in and learning. <laughs> okay, bum, now, bum, 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 yeah. Especially, yeah. especially when you're playing with save states. That's a whole other story. You kind of have to learn because, like, I. <laughs> might be the army level after you pass like oh, the, that's the most frustrating level early on yeah and I th- is they throw so many enemies at you and you just can't tell if they're in the foreground or the background yeah and i can't remember if this, if this is the boss of that level or the next one but it's this boss this little capsule kind of comes out reminds me of something on metroid sonic 2 oh yeah that, me of sonic that's, 2 that's true when too. you're in like the death egg area and and it's the most weirdly designed thing because it's like a what like a beam that comes down. Yeah, and you have and you've to, got to dodge it. And I guess you're trying to destroy a nuke. <laughs> yeah, and you pretty much wherever that beam stops, you pretty much just have to run the other direction as fast as you, or walk. You know, he doesn't run in this game as fast as you no. can the other direction just to make sure you don't get hit by it. <laughs> he's not the slowest ninja, but he takes his time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I, you know, I thought that the way that boss was uh, made. And just the strategy you had to do was pretty cool. Now, the guy that looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger that kind of turns into a robot, I just button mashed. I don't remember having a big, good strategy. I remember getting on a ledge and just kind of spamming him. Um, so I, dow, dow. Yeah. <laughs> and now now the Batman-Spider-Man hybrid, that yes. was a little difficult. I, I didn't make it that far this time. I remember specifically making it that far when I was a kid. And just laughing as soon as I got to Batman like is that supposed to be Batman yeah it, it reminded it reminded me a lot of playing against a really really hard version of uh, Woodman and Mega Man 2 so you, like, yeah. you, you gotta you gotta uh, avoid stuff coming down from the top like, I know like Spider-Man kind of throws these little webs down you gotta kind of avoid those you know while he's jumping around and junk so it kind of reminded me of you know fighting Woodman and Mega Man 2 but um, it, I can it, see that it didn't take me too long to beat it, but it was kind of frustrating in the beginning because I couldn't. Well, you I, had to fight two bosses in a row, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I think I got lucky, to be honest. I don't really remember having a specific strategy for that one. And have you played a version of the game? Did you, when you played it in emulation, did you play the version where it was actually Batman? Yes, yes. So I, with I, wings. Yeah, so I I got to play a total of three versions, and I actually did play. I wanted to make sure I found the ROM that had that version because yes. I wanted to, I wanted to see Batman. I wanted to see uh, you know the, the Rambo that wasn't bald on the army level. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it was it was pretty cool. I, just, I still can't believe they got away with that from the, in the beginning. <laughs> but <laughs> well, yeah. you think of like uh, back to that little snippet of conversation we had going. Metal Gear. It was, it was the same thing where like Roy Campbell. If you ever played oh, Metal Gear yeah. Two. Um, on MSX2 or if you played the re-release on PS3 that came with Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater when you play that game and you see the portraits uh, they had to change them for the PS3 game because well I think Roy Campbell looked exactly like the Colonel from Rambo and and then um, yeah they had portraits like the big boss looks exactly like Sean Connery Oh gosh! <laughs> like exactly, <laughs> they took a literally, they literally took a picture of Sean Connery and just kind of colored it in. Oh wow! Yeah. I, uh, I, I, it's it's kind of a one of my shame. And I think, yeah, I think Solid Snake looked like Mel Gibson. Yeah, I can see that. 
one of my shames of of gaming is is not being caught up on that series. I've played the first one and you know, part of the second yeah. one. <laughs> I've I've beaten the first two games and then I I I've still never beaten Metal Gear Solid. I've gotten near the end of the game and Metal Gear Solid Two is just like you play the first half of the game. This is great, and then you get to the second half. This is not so great. Like I don't <laughs> I want to play as Snake. I don't want to play as half naked. Yeah. <laughs> Ninja guy. <laughs> Other dude, yeah, ninja guy. Yeah. But uh, you know, that neither here nor there, I guess, except for the fact that the whole talking about ninjas. But uh <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Revenge of Shinobi just has a, a wide variety of bosses and pop culture references, I guess. And it, and it's a, a smooth game. You know, it's not the fastest moving game. I'd say Shinobi not Shinobi, but Joe Musashi, your main character, he kind of walks at the pace. He's maybe a little faster than the characters if you have, if you've ever played ninja warriors in the arcade oh yeah yeah i'd say he moves a little faster than that yeah uh he's very methodical and it kind of makes sense you know if his master his sensei taught him the art of stealth he's not going to run towards guys so much he's going to kind of sneak up on them but it seems like everybody kind of expects you anyways yeah yeah <laughs> you know so i don't know there's a good variety of levels you know you you have your typical like, oh, oh we're gonna fight on top of a train, <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. You always need a, a good train level. A good train level, usually an elevator level. That usually happens. elevator level, <laughs> a level in an airplane. Yeah. It has yeah. all the hallmarks <laughs> of a, a good Sega game. A disco club. <laughs> a disco club. I mean, yeah, it's it's great. It, and then what's hilarious is I think after you fight, you get get done fighting Spider Man and Batman, and then you go through. I think it's like a city level or something like that. Uh, and then another level, and then you fight Godzilla. Yep, yep. <laughs> Spoilers. Yeah, it's he, Godzilla. He actually wasn't as hard as I thought he was going to be. When I, I beat him probably the you second or third try. You just have to double jump over him. Exactly. There's a very distinct pattern of how he throws those flames out. So it's you catch on pretty quick. I didn't know he was a member of Neo Z. Yeah, That's I know, crazy. Oh, I, I forgot to mention, too, the in level four the boss that's kind of Arnold Schwarzenegger as you hit him you know a lot of the bosses change colors as you hit him he turns green and he starts to look like the Incredible Hawk yes <laughs> and I can't remember I, I only I only played that on the original version I don't remember how it was on um, some of the other ones so I don't know if he <laughs> I don't know if they kind of saw think, him as the Hawk I, or... he turned, I couldn't remember if he turned another color or not I think he may but, have yeah so but maybe he was like Bruce Banner and he turns into the yeah. whole or course, David Banner <laughs> of course your final boss is just this guy made of hair <laughs> it's pretty white. much he's just like a kabuki dude yeah. old kabuki dude yeah which I don't know if um, this this is a Genesis game but there's a wrestling game called Saturday Night Slam Masters yes there's a character on there I think his name was like Ani like O-N-I I think and he had the hair like that the white hair it reminds me a lot of that character um, I maybe. It also reminds me of like the ring and the girl oh, hair in front of her face. Yeah, gosh, remind me to send you a weird picture. I took one. <laughs> my, 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 my my kid my kid was trying to do this panoramic video. Okay. Uh, photo and he didn't do it right and I swear the girl from the ring was in the background. <laughs> I'll send that to that's you. Creepy. <laughs> yeah, random. <laughs> if anyone's too old for some people, because yeah. now it's all Slenderman stuff. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. So if any of you listeners want to see that, I'll post it on the page. It really freaked me out. Yeah. I, I looked through my phone. He took a picture of me sleeping on the couch, and I'm like, oh, oh gosh, no. that's scary. <laughs> in the background. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> uh, well, and you know what? I okay. So back to the game. One thing I wanted to mention. <laughs> 
Okay, so before you get to that boss, that last level is so frustrating because it's the only level in the game where it's like a maze. Yeah. And you have to navigate, you have to go through these doors and they take you to different points. And I've played games like that and it does get a little frustrating, but I guess the thing I like about this game is that every level is kind of bite-sized. They're never too long. The, to where it gets frustrating you're like I'm never going to get to the you know the, the game has like checkpoints and stuff like you, you get to one, the end of one section and it says go and then you get to the next part of the level and then you hit, hit the boss which is usually what happens sometimes they'll change it up and you'll do like three levels and then a boss yeah but it's it's got good pacing yeah and I, I've mentioned this about other you know platforming games or whatever you want to say but uh i i enjoy the fact that you're not just going left or right you actually have to go up levels and even the first level where you had to go and lock level where you had to unlock a door yeah, yeah. and then th- those freaking bamboo <laughs> <laughs> that's the most annoying part of the level to me yeah when you're trying to jump over the bamboo on the underground section and you don't quite clear it or you know and it's so funny when you're in a single room like that even though you're in a room and you would think you would just hit the ceiling and make a thud, <laughs> what happens is when you jump, he kind of hangs on the ceiling. Yeah, exactly. And then he'll fall down. And it's because it's still keeping the same momentum of your jump. <laughs> it's almost like he's floating. Yeah, that that part took a little while to master to not get you know, killed by Sometimes, the Sometimes, yeah. It, I, I like the fact that the enemies don't respawn. But when you're down there, it seems like three or four of them will, will come out, and you just have to keep on. You, know, you have to jump out of there and make a leap of faith almost. Yeah. That, that first level is no cakewalk. You would think the first level of a game is kind of like, let's introduce you to the game, and you know we'll, we'll get you used to, to playing it, and then we'll throw in the hard stuff. And this game is kind of like, no, we're going to make it a little hard at first, and then we'll see if, if you can overcome this hurdle you know then you can make the next one yeah and it's funny because i can play that first level now without even getting hit but if someone would sit down and watch me who's never played this game before they're like well how did you know to do that like oh i died here a million times i just know the cheap way to get around that like getting up to the second story in that building i know to kind of just barely jump and throw shurikens that that samurai's legs because he can't really defend it (laughs) (laughs) you know things like that or or get, you like, get so frustrated at those enemies with the swords, and you would just come up and whack them with your sword. Well, yeah, that or I, I, one, I jump over them, or two, you know, there's a, certain, a few areas in the game where you can get up on a platform and duck, and as soon as you duck, he automatically starts defending low, but you're already above him, so you just start yeah. spamming him with a shuriken to the head. So if you're at a higher level, then you, you can... yeah. And that was one thing I haven't mentioned. This game lets you duck, and maybe it has more similarity to Super Castlevania Four than I thought. Because both games have a level where there's a foreground background thing going on. Yeah. And both games allow you to not only crouch, which, okay, some games let you do anyways, but they're one of the few platformers I can think of where you can crouch and kind of uh, shimmy your way forward. Yeah, yeah. Which is it kind of a strange animation to me. Like that, it, yeah. I don't have a lot it's of. It's almost like you're walking through mud. Yeah, it, and I don't have a lot of gripes about the animation. You know, other than he doesn't walk, he doesn't run or anything. But that just kind of looked funny to me. It looked like something a kid yeah. would, kid would be doing, trying to sneak around the house or something. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if, if that's my only gripe about that, then that's Someone pretty good. Someone trying to really, you know, work their legs, and, you know, <laughs> get some 
That's what he needs. Those big shin guards he has on. Yeah. He needs to strengthen all sides of his legs. <laughs> That's exactly it. Can we? Let's just describe real quick how he he looks. Like he definitely looks like a ninja, and he walks like a ninja. He doesn't run though. That's the only problem. Yeah, and but I, they kind of fixed that in the in Shinobi Three. I love the color scheme. You know, kind of like the the little bit of off white with the red. I yeah, that was cool. what's interesting to me is if you were a ninja, would you go around wearing white? Hey, that'd be all black, right? That's kind of your. I know, you, you, <laughs> kind of the element of stealth. But I understand. You know, they probably want him to stand out more. Like I think in the Ninja Gaiden games, I think Tecmo made Ryu Hayabusa. Uh, is it Ryu Hayabusa? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they they made him blue, right? Yes. So, yeah, so I mean that sort of thing. And I, you kind of wonder if he was meant to be... I can't remember what the cover looks like, but you think of like, was he meant to be black? Because like the original Batman... I think on, he was on the... always gray. I yeah. Th- yeah. I think in the original game I thought he was gray, and I don't remember him ever wearing a black suit unless he the... was wearing one in the PS2 game. Yeah, I still can't remember. I think it was still like an off-white. Oh, you're talking about Shinobi now? Okay, okay, yeah. Did, did you play just... Shinobi on PS2? Yes, ever... yes. I used to own that one. My favorite thing about that game was the wall run. Uh, that and I, I just love the animation of that big scarf he had on that red. Scarf. Oh, that, that was like, great. Yeah, I thought that yeah. was neat. Like but it th- didn't quite feel like Sh- Shinobi that we're we're talking about here, but it was still a fun game. Yeah, I think that game kind of got lost a little bit in the shuffle. And then they made a sequel to it called Nightshade. That oh, I think got I even never... more lost in the shuffle. Yeah, because you had Devil May Cry and good grief, you had the Ninja Gaiden that came out for Xbox at the time, and there were some other games I can't remember. Some it's other... a little more higher higher profile. I mean, yeah, cool game from Sega. You know, trying to return to their roots, but you know, this, it was around the time when companies were trying to do that, like the the Ry- Rygar game that came out, yeah. or you know. <laughs> Where they're kind of doing like the whole, well, we're going to turn this into kind of an adventure platform yeah, yeah. or, you know, adventure beat em up platform or that sort of thing. Yep, <laughs> exactly. And, it, it, you know, the, the gaming culture kind of goes in waves like that. Let's let's resurrect all these old games now and forget about them later and do it again. And, and I don't know if Sega's ever going to resurrect this series uh, quite the same way, you know. Nah, I don't. I don't picture us seeing another 2D Shinobi anytime soon. They they made one. It's kind of hard to say 2D on 3DS, but they they made one for the 3DS that was a side-scrolling game. But oh, really? Was it Shinobi? Yeah, it it wasn't. I think it was just Shinobi 3DS. I bought it when I got my 3DS. It just it didn't have the same. I don't know. It it, it almost played it, more. It played more like Ninja Gaiden, but like. It, it got. It was like this crazy hard platforming <laughs> game too. Like you, okay, wall jumps and it was okay. Um, yeah, I like I said, it, it Shinobi t- was never about wall jumps or it, it, exactly. I I remember having to chain these crazy platforming sequences together, which I'm not a big fan of that. Um, yeah, that can be kind of crazy. Um, so back to the, this game. One thing I wanted to mention too. We didn't mention the power up so much. Uh, we mentioned it a little bit, but my favorite thing is when you get the power up that uh, makes him change his stance. And yeah. so suddenly it looks like he's like holding like you know, a cross. A cross, yeah. And yeah. so he's like walking around and he's like real sneaky. And then it's like this really cool arc that comes out whenever you attack an enemy at close range. Otherwise, it's almost like your shuriken's on fire. Yeah. It's, it's great. And if you get hit once, you lose it, right? Yeah. That's the frustrating thing. <laughs> but... 
Yeah, I mean, what what else can we say about? I think we've kind of nailed the gameplay and the bosses of this game, and we've already talked about the music and the sound effects. <laughs> I, uh, I kind of covered that early on. <laughs> it so, was worth it. yeah. So, what, what would you say our next topic is? Um, graphics, which we kind of hit that too. Um, and you know, I'll just kind of summarize it as, and I really enjoyed these graphics, especially for a Genesis game from 1989. Yeah, you, you kind of look back at some of those games. Like, like I'm, I'm not saying like Altered Beast or or Last Battle or had bad graphics, but I I just think this had a little bit better. Some of the like just the animations, and I think it definitely looked better in Altered Beast, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I would say the one thing that Altered Beast had over this game was the really cool transformation. Yeah, and, yeah, and I would say more voice work uh, in, in that game, but otherwise. You know, I mean, that was coming from an arcade. That was an arcade port anyways. This yeah, was yeah. really meant to show off what the Sega Genesis could do and be an original game at the time when, you know, Sega was just so well known for bringing out so many arcade ports of games. So it, it, it was really cool to see something like this come out where it's like an original sequel to a game, but it's a home release only. Yeah. But it's not like <laughs> the way I think of it is it's not like a Disney movie where they put something out in the in the theaters <laughs> and then they release a direct to video sequel. Yeah. No, yeah. it's not like that. This was much better than that. I, Don't worry. Aladdin part three. <laughs> I know. And uh, Aladdin and the fifty thieves or you know. <laughs> That's true. Something, something like that. Where it's just no, you don't Pocahontas two <laughs> You know what? You don't need to watch that. No. <laughs> Yeah, so I, 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 I'm right with you though. I think we kind of nailed the uh, gameplay discussion. It's not a, it's definitely an amazing game to play, kind of arcade feel. But there's, there's not a lot. Definitely, there's not no a, time limit, and there, there is a continue system. Yeah. Which you know, it, it, the one thing that changed from the first game is that there's no one hit deaths. So you have a life bar, but if you put it, this game has like five difficulties. Yeah. Yeah. And if you put it on the hardest difficulty, the enemies do more hits. And that's the main difference. Because otherwise, if I was good and I didn't get hit, all the enemies kind of, you know, they, they still died in one hit. And the, <laughs> and the boss is played exactly the same. It's just that your life bar depletes a little faster. <laughs> so if, if you got hit, you'd be dead in like one or two hits. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of glad. I don't mind playing games with one-hit kills, but I think this would have been a little ridiculous if it had one-hit yeah. kills. So. Okay. All right, man. Well, if you don't have anything else on sound or graphics or anything else, we can jump right into retrofitted achievements if you have any. The Genesis Games Retrofitted Achievements. Uh, yeah, so retrofitted achievements. Um, I made a note to myself, and let me pull it up real quick. So my note was uh, the level two boss, which is the guy you fight in the disco. Uh, so my retrofitted achievement for this boss was uh, trapped in the corner. And <laughs> <laughs> I say that because I used my ninjutsu on him. And then I just, for some reason, he jumped into the left corner and I just kept spamming shurikens at him and he just died. <laughs> That's he great. couldn't jump anymore, so that that's my retrofitted achievement for the level two boss. <laughs> I like it. Uh, my first one I called Ninja Vanish, and uh, it's using the suicide power thingy, is what I wrote down. <laughs> I can't remember what it was called, but I always think of uh, 
the Ninja Turtles movies where the Ninja Vanish. Ninja Vanish. <laughs> oh, yeah. They don't, they don't kill themselves, but every time I use that power, I was thinking about that movie. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, so I guess another one for me was whenever you fight that Arnold Schwarzenegger boss. And, you know, I just love doing Arnold Schwarzenegger impressions. So I guess <laughs> my achievement for, you know, you, you make it to that boss. And uh, I just imagine Arnold Schwarzenegger saying, Get into the chopper now. <laughs> or, you know, like, put that cookie down, Joe Musashi. <laughs> you know, I'm a cop, you idiot. You know, like that sort of thing. Um, I love it. So that's kind of like a string of retro achievements. All to say, <laughs> that's the achievement right there. I like it. Yeah. Uh, my, my next one's called uh, Not Quite the Konami Code. And this is using the Infinite Shuriken Code. And I, oh, I, I was thinking about that too, because uh, every time I thought about that move where you you know do your double jump and throw the shurikens, I always thought of the spreader gun in Contra. I, and of course, I yeah. I relate everything back to Contra because it's one of my all time favorite yeah. games. But <laughs> so. yeah, doing that spread, it's it's perfect. It's like the perfect move. You almost just wish you could get a power up where you just shot yeah, <laughs> spread yeah. spread of shurikens. But this game is more strategy oriented. They want you to. It's definitely a game of conservation. Yeah, <laughs> they don't want you to use all your. It's not like Mega Man where you have infinite shots. Yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> they limit you for a reason. They they want you to play smart. Yeah, that's cool. Did, did you have any more? Uh, the, you know, uh, what was a? Uh... <laughs> okay, so I had another one. Holy copyright infringement, Batman! <laughs> <laughs> Which is, uh, if you happen to have a, we salute you if you have a copy of this game that has the original Batman in it. Oh. <laughs> so there you go. That, that's, that's a retrofitted achievement in itself. Well, well that, that kind of makes mine look awful, because I just called it copyright infringement. And that's defeating Spider-Man and Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Yours sounded much better, so. Oh. <laughs> that was good. Holy How about, uh. Uh, so my other retrofitted achievement was you get to the Godzilla boss and it's like it's a bird it's a plane no it's Godzilla <laughs> <laughs> like what how could this game get any crazier after you just fought Spider-Man and Batman who by the way are supposed to be good guys <laughs> you know back to back and you know unholy trinity of, of copyright infringement <laughs> yeah but, but they blow up the robots right yeah, they're they're all robots, so they're not the real guys. They're like doppelgangers. Yeah, it's like the the robot Bill and Ted, the evil us's. But... Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I had to throw that in there. <laughs> yeah, that's all I got there for retrofitted achievements. So I got three this time. That's cool. I think I had three also. I almost forgot. I, th- this is one of the parts of the show I I tend to forget until a couple of days ahead of time. <laughs> I'm like, oh crap, forgot to do achievements. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm glad we kind of we got it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's what I got. Like the last one, I just came up with at the top of my head. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, the next part of this show, this is actually going to take a little while because we got so much feedback from you, great listeners. But this is called, "Is it a gym?" Is this game of Genesis gym? Is it good or is it garbage? And uh, before we go into that, I always like to kind of brief. Uh, critical reception and uh, going to mobygames.com which is you know I love going there looking at the Moby ranks looking at the old reviews and stuff um, it got a Moby 
rank of 88, which is pretty good. That's 88. That's probably where I'd place it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can see that. So, and I, I had one notable review. I, it's always kind of neat to see, like, uh, IGN was on here, so I, I was going to read their little brief overview of it, and they said, uh, so take the word of Genesis players who were there blazing the trail 20 years ago and first got their hands on this one. This is actually a review of the uh, Wii, Wii Virtual Console. Um, Revenge of Shinobi is definitely worth your while, and 800 of your Wii points. Just don't be too disappointed when you come across Spider-Man and his freshly recolored powder pink spandex. It's just another step in the long journey of, of afterthought alterations for one of Sega's most loved action games. So, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, oh, so that must have been like the third revision that came out. Yeah. They had They lost the license or something and they couldn't have the actual Spider-Man Yeah, anymore. yeah. And IGN gave it an 8 out of 10, so... Yeah, I didn't, actually yeah. didn't. I didn't have the version with the pink Spider-Man, so that was no. I, when I had it on Sega CD, it was pretty much Spider-Man looked like Spider-Man, but Batman was the Batman, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, I, I think for the listener feedback, I, I may start just kind of pushing them towards the group page. So if you're listening yeah. to this, let's. I, only because it's harder on me <laughs> because I have two windows open right now and I'm going to try I don't want to leave anybody out that's the last thing I want to do is leave someone out so just uh, Aaron bear with me here because I'm going to be reading a lot you can probably go get that's you a, a drink of coffee and come <laughs> I'm kidding but um, yeah, as far as listener feedback go we, we always post a picture or something on Facebook asking you guys do you think this is a gem good or garbage and uh, going to go ahead and start here with a good friend of ours Landon Long he says my first experience was on the Sega Classics on the Sega CD have to say I consider this one a gem. As an early Genesis release, this game kind of announced that Sega was here and was going to be a major player in years to come. The graphics are great with excellent play, control, and sound. Plus, depending on what version of the game you had, there were some copyrighted characters for the Ninja fight. So I would say it's a gem, and I'll also just finished the Shadowrun show. Definitely going to have to play that, that one. So, yeah, Landon, go play Shadowrun, dude. <laughs> yes. Go um, for it. This game was a little easier to cover just because it's a bit more yeah, straightforward. Yeah. But yeah, both great games. Yeah, Shadowrun was actually our longest podcast ever. So on Genesis. Oh Genesis. wow! Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it must have been me. <laughs> no, it, it, well, it didn't seem that long. We just had a lot to talk about. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, your co-host over at Retro Obscura, Paul Stevenson, he says this was always a rental for me till I got my Sega CD, and it was one of the games on the uh, pack and CD. I still remember the trick to get infinite, sh- infinite. I think he spelled infant shurikens. I like it. Infinite shurikens by setting it to zero zero and not doing anything for ten to fifteen seconds. Then you would get the infinite symbol. It's a gem and a great follow up to the original. Uh, Matt da- Matt Daly says a hundred percent gem. I was a big fan of Shinobi on the Sega Master System, and when I first played this, I was blown away. I bought a Genesis pretty early on, and this game was this game made me glad I did. To me, it was an example of the new generation of sixteen bit consoles could really do. Uh, Patrick Fagan says gem all the way. Eric Murray says, good times, great times. I, I'm going to go ahead and say that's a gym. <laughs> um, yeah. Sounds like a rock song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Alex Burr, who, again, check our show after the music goes off. I'll put Alex's uh, little blurb in there. He just says he'll be doing his first audio recording. <laughs> so everyone be prepared for that. Uh, Mike Kilburn says, the six-pack came with my Genesis when I got it back in Christmas of 95. Entertain me for many hours. Uh, I guess he's going to say that's a gem. Uh, Eric Purcell says, complete gem. I love this game. Brian Jellison says, total gem. My favorite Genesis game of all. Wow, that's good. Uh, hey, that's high praise. Yeah. The Facebook page, Insert Coin Toys, says, Jim, you can't get any better than Shinobi series. Ninjas and video games, what's not to love? Uh, Mario Rodriguez says, best game ever made, with a wink, smiley. <laughs> now, I will interject here. 
So Shinobi's in video. Uh, I'm sorry, ninjas in video games. Where you go wrong is trying to play Shinobi on the NES. <laughs> <laughs> terrible, terrible game. Very true. Uh, Mark Ross says Jim. Courtney Emerson says Jim. Jorge Oserio says Jim, and Michael Logan says Jim. That's all on our Facebook page. Now I'm gonna click over to the group for a second. Here, all right, here we go. Freddie. V- Freddy Velasquez says, That question should not have been asked. Jim all day. Ninja Step Track is my favorite beat from the game. Uh, Josh Taylor says, It's totally a gem. Fun to play, but also hard to master. Overall, a fun and joyful experience, and the soundtrack's amazing. Um, Zachary Richards says, Jim, it's an excellent game, especially the early release, which has Spider-Man and Rambo. Side note, in the previous episode, my comment appeared twice because the first time I posted it, it disappeared from the post on my screen. I reposted it thinking the first one was lost. Um, I remember that, actually, Aaron. We He posted, I, I believe he posted on the <laughs> yeah. group and the page, and I made a little comment about it. I, I wasn't, <laughs> after I said that, I'm like, oh, I hope he didn't think that was a, <laughs> a negative thing. I, I didn't mean, oh, it, no. I didn't mean yeah. it negative if it came across that way, Zachary, so uh, thanks for listening, man. Uh, Trevin Hughes, who... Uh, oh, man. yeah, he is a Sega Genesis music master. We, we need to do a Trevin Hughes show. I've talked to him about this before, and I've kind of dropped the ball on that. I'd love to get oh, him yeah, on here. Oh, yeah, it would be cool to do just like a Sega Genesis music show. Yes, let him do and, some... And let him talk about some music. Yeah. And that would be great. Let's set that up sometime. But uh, yeah. anyway, anyways, he says, straight up Jim. Um, Blake Royal, who won the high score challenge, congratulations, Blake, says, Hand down, hands down Jim. Great methodical... Meth- I can't say that word. Methodical design and awesome music by Yuzo Kashiro. But I'll admit that the game isn't for everyone. It's a really tough game. Fun fact, Revenge of Shinobi was not developed by Sega's Team Shinobi. Well, that is a fun fact. <laughs> um, Steve Miranda says, it's a gem. Uh, Adam Kennelly, he's a familiar guy to you and us. Yeah, he's, uh, <laughs> he, he's uh, back on Retro Obscure. I know, that with us. exciting. And uh, he, he was on our Kid Chameleon episode. That's the first time I ever got to speak with Adam. That was cool. Um, which I... Going back to those old days of the gyms when I didn't have a second host, that was the best time getting to know all you guys. Oh, yeah, the rotating show. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. when I first appeared on the X-Mutants. Yes, show. exactly. So that, that was yeah. awesome. But anyways, he says uh, there's no question about this one. So I guess that means he thinks it's a gym. And then Michael Kelso from Two Dudes in Us says, I would go with good. He says he loved it as a kid, but playing it in recent years has changed my tune. The music is great, but I think the animations and controls are a little clunky. It reminds me a little bit of Strider. But I prefer Strider. Well, I prefer Strider if you turn off the sound, but when you guys cover that game, you'll know what I mean. And then he says, he says, speaking of the sound, the Genesis Thunder noise at the beginning of Revenge of Shinobi is funny to me for some reason. So, <laughs> there you go. But uh, overall, I believe the listeners believe this is a gem. And, uh, yeah, all except for that darn Michael Kelso. Yeah, he always ruins everything. But, uh, oh, man. <laughs> what a hoser. We'll just, you know, we'll wait till they cover Shinobi on NES and we'll see what happens. <laughs> Maybe we'll we have some it. great listener feedback for them. There you go. Maybe we can do a joint Strider episode. If they ever cover it, I mean, it was a, a Tengen, Tengen game, so yeah, it never yeah. got an official you know, NES release. Yeah, it I, was uh, on a black cart. It wouldn't be part of the NES club's pickups for Jay and, Jay and Rob either. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I absolutely agree with the listeners on this one. I think this game's a gem. It's a it's a must-have in my collection. I own it on two different carts, so it's definitely a must-have. It's one of those games that it, it's just... And I'm, I've mentioned this about 
all sorts of Genesis games. It's just fun to pop in. It's something about these arcade-style Genesis games, you can just pop in, play for 10 or 15 minutes, have a good time, and walk away from it. And so that's kind of my uh, lore of this game, not to mention everything else we talked about, the music, the bosses, stage design, everything. So I'm definitely on board. It's a gem to me. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a gem to me also. I have a ton of childhood memories associated with that Sega Classics disc on the Sega CD and playing this game a ton. I mean, you know, you play Columns for a little bit and you get bored of it. <laughs> you know, you play through <laughs> Golden Axe with a friend. Or I think that was only a one-player version on the Sega CD. You play through that game, you know, you don't come back to it. Revenge of Shinobi, though, it's got five difficulties. It has so much replay value because... <laughs> And you can set the level of sh- shurikens, and you know you can go through the game with different strategies. I think that's what makes it so cool, and, and kind of like Mega Man in a way, where it's like the game doesn't expect you to use the same strategy to beat the game every time. And so you can go through and be like, okay, I want to go up and hit enemies, uh, you know, melee style, and, and that's kind of like gunstar heroes too where you could kind of you know knock into enemies and and do things like that yeah so there's a level of strategy in this game that i i really find appealing that you don't find in many other action games on the sega genesis and you know i understand uh, what michael kelso you know (laughs) our, our buddy from two dudes said about you know the animation is a little clunky uh because it's an early sega genesis title but it's still a classic game to me and, and definitely a gem. So I guess that <laughs> I have to agree with you. Complete total gem. It's one of the best Sega Genesis games I've played. Sweet. So we're going to lay the gavel down right here. It's officially a gem. I like that we have that power. We can just classify these games I know. as we go. It's yeah. a gem. It's you a know, gem. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It will um, forever be a gem. Yeah. So our next episode, we have a we have a big surprise for you guys, and uh, we're we're covering a, covering a random game. This was our turn to do a uh, random pick. So just to remind everybody, we do a host pick, which was Shadow Run the last time for Aaron, and then a listener pick, which was this game we just covered, Revenge of Shinobi. And the next one was a random pick where we pick we open up that app, kind of spin it like Wheel of Fortune, and just land our finger on something random, just to kind of get. <laughs> I'm always afraid we're going to cover all the good games first, and then. I have to cover all the bad <laughs> games later. So that's that's what we did. We're going to throw the music down right here. This the, this game, I would love love to hear someone guess this. As a matter of fact, if you guess this game and send us an email at genesisgenespodcast at gmail.com, I will give you a prize. Cause it's just because I'm curious if anyone's ever played this one. So we'll lay the music down right now. Played it last year, but that doesn't give any. Hints. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unless someone just really, really follows your podcast. But <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right. Yeah, man. you'd really have to guess on that one. Yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> so yeah, uh, if you guys like to follow us, check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash Genesis Gems Podcast. Uh, and please, if you're on Facebook at all and you are, do you have liked that page, go to our groups at facebook.com slash groups slash Genesis Gems. Um. I'm going to keep double posting like I mentioned. I don't really want to, but I'm going to just for the fact that I know a lot of you 
aren't on the group yet. But if you, if you could go ask for an invite to the group or ask to join the group, I approve those right away. Usually, um, it's it's a real good real good natural conversations. Uh, anyone can post a topic. And uh, we have a lot of people just sharing what they've picked up, games they're playing. It's really just a real good atmosphere for that, real family-friendly. Yeah, it's really friendly. good, really family-friendly, free-form. Just post what you like as long as it's Sega-related. Yeah. We're good. Yep. And, uh, of course, email us, genesisgemspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter, GenGems. Uh, listen to us on iTunes. Give us a review. That really helps out. Every time a review is made, it just kind of it just kind of makes the podcast look better so if if you know we bring this to you for free i've, I've done this spiel many times um the, the least the least thing you can do is go give us a review we appreciate it <laughs> and uh we are on stitcher and check us out on the retro junkies website at the retrojunkies.com so all right man another genesis gems podcast episode number 27 getting real close to 30 i think we may have to do yeah, something special yeah. for 30 i don't know I, I like doing something kind of cool for every 10 episodes we'll, we'll have to see what happens there but uh yeah um Aaron, do you have anything else you want to talk about? Uh, yeah, so I just wanted to talk about Retro Obscura just briefly. Uh, so if you've been following my other show at all, you might have noticed that we've been on kind of a hiatus. <laughs> uh, so it's been over a month since our last show has been out, but it is coming back. We've got two episodes in the can. I just have to edit the shows <laughs> and uh, finish editing the one I'm I'm on right now, which is a PlayStation episode. And, uh, you know, all these trips I've taken to Chicago and Iowa and Chicago again, uh, it kind of gets me all disjointed and discombobulated, I guess. Uh, So uh, fear not. The show is definitely coming back. It was just on a break. But, um, yeah, so if you listen to that show, you know, that's the other place you can catch me with uh, my co-host Paul Stevenson and Adam Canelli. So check it out. Absolutely. And if you... You know, want to hear me chat with our arch uh, nemesis, Michael Kelso? <laughs> we uh, we we've been doing a monthly podcast called Metroidvania Mayhem. Uh, he and I both love love Metroidvania style games, and um, just kind of well, a, you know, keep your friends close, keep your enemies close. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so <laughs> we we we've covered. We've gosh, we've only had three episodes. We're getting ready to cover Dust and Elysium Tale here soon. In the next I'm few a days. fan. You know, I'm kind of biased, but I'm a fan of the show. It's a good show. <laughs> good, good. So we, it's kind of a similar format to our shows here. But, yeah, go check that out if you like the style games. Uh, you know, a lot of Castlevania talk, which I'm a huge Castlevania fan. You'll you'll hear me talk about that there. So go check that out. We'll have to cover Bloodline sometime. Oh, yes. Can't it, wait. It'd be fun to get uh, an interview on there, but problem is guy you know he's japanese so <laughs> we, we've actually had <laughs> is a, there few... a translator in the house yeah exactly yeah we, we actually had a f- few interviews that might happen so we're, we're looking at that because really if you type in metroidvania on uh itunes it only really comes up with episodes of other podcasts i think we may be the only metroidvania podcast out there i might be wrong oh. so that's kind of yeah. cool that's kind of cool so um you can the, the logo is very recognizable it's a picture of simon belmont and samus Kind of is there a, a Metroidvania on the Sega Genesis? This is just a quick question. I can only think of maybe the Monster World 4 game. Yeah, and that's the one that always comes to my mind. I kind of think that's given that genre loosely. We'll, yes. we'll, pr- we'll probably cover it. Um, and that's one of the things that Kelsey and I have been talking about. There's a lot of games that people call Metroidvanias that I wouldn't particularly say well, is. Yeah, and it's kind of a, you know, there's a yeah. loose definition out there anyways. And it, it, it's pretty much a action-adventure platform. Yeah, yeah. So, 
Yeah. My interpretation might not be Michael's. It's, it's kind of interesting because he's more of a Metroid guy. I'm more of a Castlevania guy. It's kind of neat to hear our different takes on these games. So, um, but yeah, that, that's kind of the one on Genesis that you can I, hear Michael's wrong take. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> In my I'm opinion. putting fuel on the fire real bad here. Uh, oh. We love Michael. And I'm, don't don't take it the wrong way, Mike. Yeah. What's funny, just real quick, uh, the five star review I mentioned on iTunes that came from Trevor. He actually mentioned that he heard about us through two dudes and how they bashed us every episode so they they, they deserve a little bit of that yeah <laughs> all right man well i think we've uh, we've we've talked enough this is a pretty good lengthy show had a lot of good good to say about this so uh dude with that if you got, don't have anything else i'm gonna end this right now sounds good all right well then we'll catch you all later Genesis Gems. My name is Alex Burr, and yes, I understand I sound like a dumb version of Fozzie the Bear. Let me tell you a little bit about myself. Um, I'm from Muskegon, Michigan. That's where if you hold your palm and look at your palm, I'm about one inch south of where your pinky meets your knuckle. That's your right palm. Anyway, let me tell you about today's game, and I apologize for uh, sounding a little bit nervous. This is my first time on any kind of a microphone. And if the quality's terrible, just tell me, and I'll by USB mic. I'm doing it on my phone right now. I never had Revenge of Shinobi uh, back in the day that uh, Ferg hates from the 2600 podcast. I love when he messes around with that. I did own this on a six pack when it was, you know, five bucks at Toys R Us. You know, those five dollar games are few and far between. Um, I really like the idea and the subject of the game, and I am probably one of the biggest fans of me of the original. I, I bought the Genesis, uh, the Sonic's Ultimate Genesis Collection on the 360 just for the arcade Shinobi because I wanted an arcade perfect version, and I wasn't going to just download it because it's stupid. I'm not paying that price for that. Um, I really like the, the that the cheat code is really easy. You literally just hold it on zero and you go grab a soda or a summer, summer shandy, which I have next to me here, uh, and you wait for it to make that little sound. And uh, then you get infinite um, sh- shurikens, right? Shurikens? Throwing knives, whatever. I like them when they're on fire. That's cool, too. Um, the first thing I've noticed really cool about this version now, back when as opposed to back when it was new... Um, well, it was, it, was, it was new for me in 94 when I first bought my Sega. I probably told you that. I got it up for my seventh birthday, so I was late to the game, but I am a huge Sega fan to this day. Um, there were five different versions of this game, and they all had, uh, you know, the first one had, uh, Rambo, Terminator, Godzilla, and then they had, uh, Spoderman. You know, like that that funny internet meme. I like to call him Spoderman. Like that, uh... You've seen it where it's a poorly drawn Spider-Man? Anyway, him and Batman are shapeshifters that turn into the devil when they fly away. And, uh... 
And then they, they had edited that when DC Comics gave them a bunch of heat um, for a second version. And he was replaced with that devil man himself. And he's not too unlike those godforsaken things that I can't swear about from Ghouls and Ghosts. You know what I'm talking about? The Red Devils? Terrible in any version. I hate them. Um, and the flame-throwing guys near the end, which I've never seen. I can't even get past the second level. I just played it for a couple hours today. It was terrible. I can't beat that one where you have to land right exactly on top. It's not happening. And I can't use the Game Genie because I don't own the original one. I only own the six-pack. So I was like, well, forget this. I'll just keep using all nine lives like a cat. Um, there's a third version. Uh, Spider-Man was now licensed by Marvel. And... Uh, so he's not a shapeshifter to the devil man anymore. There was another version where Godzilla was replaced by a skeletal dinosaur, probably because Toho, I think it's Toho, right? They made all those awful Nintendo games, but great movies, except for the 2001, which I would have thought was the only Godzilla until I was like 15. Um, so you probably get replaced with a skeletal dinosaur, like unlike not unlike one in a museum. And the last one, on um, the downloadable version, you could probably buy it on the Wii Virtual Console or maybe the Xbox. Uh, Spoderman was palette swapped to the uh, due to the you know Marvel license expiring, and uh, he's omitted from the title screen where the little you know the little rights to him. That's the downloadable version. Let me turn my notes over here. Sorry if you hear my uh, dog barking. I let him out on the deck so he wouldn't bother us. His name is Barry. And I guess if we're calling this the Genesis Gems, I'll call this the, uh, I call him the, uh, Barry the Wonder Dog. Unlike that awful game on Sega CD, where he shoots in a diagonal. Well, not a diagonal, like a McDonald's arse. All I know is about, from the angry video game nerd about that game. Um, there is an unreleased, I mean, unrelated, not unreleased, it was released, but it's unrelated, sorry. Blame it on the jitters. Um, game called Revenge of Shinobi released for the Game Boy Advance. Well, from everything I've seen and heard, um, I mean, it's made by THQ, so that means likely it's absolute garbage, and it doesn't get uh, any good reviews from what I've seen. Um, Alright, now I go on to the pros and cons. Um, pros, I really like it. It's a sequel to a great game. Um, I just really love the original Shinobi. The play is great. Um, I know it's a great console version. It's a simple story. The bad guys kidnapped your girlfriend. You gotta take revenge. You gotta get through them. Um, I don't like relying on luck, basically, to uh, have to do that double jump. That's what con. And I've died a lot, especially today on that second level. The first one wasn't so bad. I only died about six or seven times on that first one where it says to go up. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Um... And I hit there to do the double jump, and then he doesn't, and then I fall to my death a million times. So I, it's definitely like poker, you know, easy to learn and impossible to master. But I don't, I got so many games in my apartment. I'll show you guys a video or a picture before too long, if I don't forget, which it probably will. <laughs> um, I go on here. And I think it's an awfully hard game. I just don't, I can't, I can't get into it. No, no it, it had this been 89, and I had a Sega uh, back then, I called it Sega. So if I say Sega on here, I'm referring to the Genesis. Um, I just I, I would have definitely played it when it first came out. Um, it would have been amongst the best of the games. Like uh, I would assume Strider came out about that time. 
really love that game. That was my go-to game from 89 when I was renting games from Video2U, the most 90s-sounding uh, video rental place ever. They had All Banana or Laffy Taffy, I remember that. And Bimini Run, if you remember that game, if you guys are real big Genesis fans like myself. That's a fun game, but it's kind of weird. Anyway, going on, I'm almost done here, I promise. I feel like there are two camps of Shinobi games. One camp for the arcade type, so there's Shinobi and then Shadow Dancer, which I just discovered about three or four years ago. I, I'm a, I'd be honest with you guys, I like the, the, the arcade game versions better. Um, I don't like that the, the spikes in the first level, you have to be really quick on your feet, and it feels like there's some cheap hits because you can't jump out of the way of those in the underground part of the first stage. And, uh, the, uh, okay, I'm going to skip that part. Also, the jitsus, the different s special moves you can do, are fairly unclear until you use them, or unless you have a manual, or look online like everybody does. Um, and if you hit that last one, you, you kill everybody on screen, but it costs you a life. Um, and I've only been able to beat the first level. I can't get past that, like I said earlier, I can't get past that part where you have to land exactly on top of the logs. I would have died all 30 times. 30 times. 30 lives. I can't beat it. I'm a terrible video game player. That's why I do the sports. So my vote for next game is Sports Talk Baseball. If you haven't already done I don't remember. Off the top of my head. Um, okay, so my final verdict. I understand and appreciate this game's appeal. And I really understand that it was the first of the great games for Sega. Um, yeah, uh, let's see here. I feel, it's like the same way I feel about the Beatles. And I'm, I apologize, for if you listen to this. Um, I understand and I appreciate it. I'm just not the biggest fan of this game. And I say it's a good game, but knowing how nice you guys have been on all your games, you guys are way too nice. Uh, definitely would put this under... It wouldn't be a... Oh, my God. I definitely understand if you call this a gem. It is a gem-worthy game, but I something about it just makes it too much for me, and I just say, nah, it's good. It's a good game. Definitely one to own, but not a gem. All right, thanks very much, guys. Look forward to your uh, next podcast, and feel free to edit this down if I ramble on. I can't believe I'm at nine minutes now. So thank you very much. Have a great weekend, guys. Let's party. See you later.